Hey y'all, welcome to another week of Phases of the Womb podcast. Today we get to talk to my friend Tramilia about her birth journey and her current pregnancy, which is super exciting. So stay tuned and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure you are following episodes, liking, leaving reviews, and letting me know what you think. All right, so I'm going to just have you introduce yourself. Tramelia. I am 30 years old. Um, I am a registered nurse. I have one kid and one on the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say. That's so, cool. We'll That's good enough. Okay. That's good enough. <laughs> All right. So we will start with your first pregnancy. So um, what was your initial reaction when you found out you were pregnant? I didn't really have any like symptoms I was like I remember going to work and getting off and like I don't know I guess I'm just like a kind of superstitious person a little bit mm-hmm. and like I, I felt like everybody around me was popping up pregnant and I'm like hold up this ain't a little too close <laughs> and so I'm like I'm just gonna go take one but again I didn't have any like I wasn't nauseous or anything like that and like with the birth control that I was on, like, like my period was just kind of all over the place. So yeah. that really wasn't a good indicator either. And girl, I took this test and that thing said, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back to sleep. <laughs> Not back to sleep. Because I got to work tonight. I'm going to go back to sleep and I'm going to wake up about five o'clock and do this again. <laughs> oh my I'm God. Leaving. before work but he was at practice or something and when I told him he was just like wait what (laughs) (laughs) like I called him like a couple hours later check on him this dude is like at a bar oh lord not drinking his his thoughts away That's why you just took it just to take it, not because you have no symptoms. I didn't have no symptoms at all, like none. And it's just, like I said, I'm just superstitious like that. I'm like, uh uh-uh, this hitting a little too close to home. Like, what is going on? Yeah, that's (laughs) insane. I was like, what is this? Well, what, what fears did you have? I guess this my biggest 
hair was just adjusting like my lifestyle mm-hmm. for a new journey. Like financially, we were fine. I knew I would have support from like my mom and you know our families and stuff. Like that wasn't the issue. Mm-hmm. It was really just. Oh my God, I'm so used to running these streets, (laughs) doing whatever I want, outside all the time, Mm -hmm. and now I'm going to have to go sit down. So, yeah, that was it. It was just adjusting to the lifestyle, really, but honestly, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be, so it wasn't too bad. I feel like that's like anything in life, though, you know? Things happen that you don't expect, but you just, you you learn how to pivot. You just, you figure it out. Yeah, you just have to pivot real hard, Mm -hmm. but... It was cool though. It, like now that I look back, I'm like I was overreacting. I was doing too much, <laughs> you know. <But laughs> All right. So, um, I guess going in to choose like what type of provider you would have for your delivery. What made you choose um, a midwife? So I was already seeing her when I moved to New Orleans. Oh, okay. um, I found her. Wow, how did I find her? I don't know. I think I just Googled her or something, and she had good reviews. And I'm like, oh, let's try midwife. Um, because I, I had an OB when I lived in Baton Rouge, but I just felt like they were always, like, really too busy to really address your concerns. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, they were nice, but it's just, it was always rushed. And I just, you know, it was more about how's baby doing versus, like, how's mom doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I... um. It was so funny when I told my midwife that, well, when she found out I was pregnant, she just, like, opened the door and peeked in, like, I know you lying to me. (laughs) (laughs) She couldn't believe it either. It was funny. She just made me feel so comfortable and just, you know, even now, I see her now for this pregnancy, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we talk about the baby and stuff like that, but majority of the appointment is centered around me and how I feel. And, um, you know, I, I could explain something to her for 30 minutes. I don't feel rushed. I don't feel like, oh, I got to go do something. Or, you know, I just feel like she just goes above and beyond to make sure, like, her patients are getting heard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big difference between, like, the midwife and the doctor. Just she still plays that, like, patient advocacy role versus yeah. doctors don't really, you know. Mm-hmm know how to do that that well but she's great so I love that all right so how did y'all prepare I guess for I guess like the labor and birth journey like what were your what were your expectations and like how did you kind of plan them so (laughs) my labor and birth journey is a hot mess (laughs) Um, so I okay so up until like the uh, maybe 20, 24, 25 week mark, everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, let me back up. No, I just remember something. No, let me go back. <laughs> Let's start at the 20 week, 20 week anatomy scan. Okay. So this go around, I, I'll explain what happened the first time and then I'll tell you what happened like the second time. Okay. So the first anatomy scan I went to this, you know, you got to go to the maternal fetal medicine doctors and Mm -hmm. they do the scan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just say right off the bat, I did not like the doctor that was assigned to me. I did not get to pick him. Mm -hmm. You know, they just, you just, you pick the appointment they give you because it's hard to get one. 
Mm-hmm. I did not like him from the time he walked in the door to the time I told the people at the office, I don't want to see him no more. Well, he didn't have any bedside etiquette. He did not introduce himself. He didn't ask me my name. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like, no bedside manner. So he already rubbed me the wrong way going mm-hmm. in. Then we're doing the scan. You know, the girl, the ultrasound tech is doing the scan. You know, everything's cool, whatever. Then he comes in redoes some stuff so i'm already thinking like lord something wrong because he done pulled out this probe right, again like right. you know mm-hmm. so with jc i had like this um she had like her nasal bone wasn't showing up in the ultrasound mm-hmm. and so he told me that's an indication of down syndrome mm-hmm. now i was at this appointment by myself because my husband job wouldn't let him off for the appointment mm-hmm. so he just like threw in this whole Down syndrome thing and just, just like honed in on this absent nasal bone, mm-hmm. and I just left the office crying. Like that's scary. I like didn't know I had never heard of that. Like I, I mean, I know what Down syndrome is, and like I learned about it in school. And I'm like, but you know, I know more of like the chromosomal level. Right. I don't know nothing about like the other, you know, features. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know the absent nasal bone was a feature. That was just something I learned from him. Yeah. So I went home googling all this stuff, <laughs> racking my brain, spiraling behind this man. So then I started having to go to him like every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, the second time he was nicer, and the the nasal bone just so happened to pop up. Okay, so that was over. <laughs> And I started having placental problems. So, it's so funny. I didn't really understand what they were telling me when I was actually going through the pregnancy. And I finally learned exactly what was going on once I went through nursing school and went through my LSU rotation. Yeah, yeah. So, I was having like... They, they kept telling me growth restrictions. So she was being, she was growth restricted, but mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out why. Like I didn't get the why part. Like I get she's not growing, but why? Right. Apparently, like I think the pressures in my placenta, my placenta were too high and they like weren't pushing out enough nutrients or something. Mm-hmm. And he kept describing it as being an old placenta. So I'm like, what are you talking about? So I Googled it and it's basically like I was 28 weeks, 29 weeks, but my placenta was like a 38-week placenta. Yeah. Like, kind of like give up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So then he was like, well, you don't need to go any time past 37 weeks. Like, that's the max. You are delivering at 37 weeks. So then I switched doctors because he was getting on my nerves. <laughs> Not that I was trying to find another solution because I knew that was what it was. I just didn't like his bedside manner. So right. we switched. And she told me the same thing, and apparently I wasn't gaining enough weight, so she put me on insure and all this stuff. Mm. Okay, so then I, you know, had to go back every week for, I felt like I was in a doctor's office like three times a week. Had no to, lie. that's insane. And I wasn't even, yeah, I was like just, by this time I was just hitting my third trimester, and I was at the doctor like every week, two, three times a week. And then I just so happened to go to the doctor, my midwife, just for a regular appointment and she put me on the fetal monitor and then she was i sat there for like 30 minutes you know chilling just thinking everything's fine because my vitals were fine i had no issues mm-hmm. and then she's like um you need to go to labor and delivery and i'm like why i gotta work today mm-hmm. like, i gotta work today. <laughs> like do i need to call in like i need y'all to let me know do i need to call in now <laughs> I got until probably four more hours before he called me. No call, no 
So I, I didn't think anything of it. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just go to labor and delivery. Didn't have a bag packed. Didn't have a phone mm-hmm. charger. Mm-hmm. Phone on 20%. <laughs> I'm calling my mama, texting Jordan at the same time. Like, so she's sending me the labor and delivery. Everybody blowing my phone up. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped answering calls. Get to labor and delivery. And they're like, we're just going to monitor you. And I'm like, okay, but y'all still ain't told me if I need to call in to work. And I'm like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm calling. Uh, okay. And then they were like, they turned into, we're going to keep you overnight. So I'm like, okay, cool. But still, nobody was really explaining to me. What's going what on? What's going on? Yeah. Like, it's just, if I didn't have healthcare experience, I would have been so mad. Like, right. I kind of started piecing it together, but I was just like, I shouldn't even have to do this. Like, I can just imagine if somebody didn't have any kind of healthcare knowledge, mm-hmm. how they would be feeling right now, because what the hell is going on? Yeah. And, um... Then, so, like, my midwife did explain to me why she was sending me to labor and delivery, but once mm. I got to labor and delivery, nobody was explaining to me what was going on. Mm-hmm. So, we stayed overnight, and then the next day, we were just still monitoring. Then they come in, and I was like, yeah, so your baby had, like, some D-cells. They were down for, like, a minute or so, and it happened, like, two or three times. So, we're going to deliver today. And how many weeks were you? Like, I was 34 weeks at this point. Okay. And I'm like, okay, but why? Like, why they have a D-cell? Like, nobody answered my why. Mm-hmm. It, 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 just, it just wrecked my brain. I'm like, can I, I mean, it is what it is. It's going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. But why is it happening? Yeah. Like, I just want to know why. And so I ended up having to do a C-section, and she was three pounds, three and a half, three and a half pounds. Um. It's that that all that is kind of blurry to me because all the medicine I mm-hmm. was, I, it's literally a blur. Yeah. Um. But then she had to stay in the NICU for three weeks because she was just you know she too couldn't little. swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was too little. And um. But this pregnancy compared to that one, it's been well, no, it's been terrible. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> as far as the anatomy scans and stuff like that, it's been fine. But the amount of anxiety I had going into my 20-week anatomy scan mm-hmm. this time around was crazy. Rightfully like, so. Yeah, my husband's like, it's going to be fine. I'm like, no, you don't understand because you wasn't there the last time. <laughs> and I, I even asked the midwife, is that doctor still there? Because if he is, I don't want him. She's mm-hmm. like, no, he retired. I said, look at God. <laughs> so... You know, I just had so much anxiety because I'm like, I hope nothing is wrong, you know, because I didn't have any issues. So I didn't think the baby had issues, but apparently it did. And then when I finally started really asking questions like, why did this happen? They don't even have an answer. Hmm. They just like, it just happens. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I was just that like 1% that it just happens to. Okay, that's cute. You know, they say they got a nurse curse, sis. It's a thing. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. Because everything that's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I just, I was, and that was another reason why I waited so late to have another kid too. Because I was just so scared. Like, you know, thank God, like JC came out fine, Mm -hmm. you know, but what if that happens again and the baby don't come out fine? Right. I I was just like, no, I'm good. I'm good. So we waited five years. Um, (laughs) But 
it's going okay for now. I have to go back for another scan in like two weeks, so we'll see. But I still be a little nervous. That ultrasound just make me nervous. Yeah, because I mean, you don't really know what you're gonna see, especially when you, especially the first time around, and you thought everything was fine, yeah. and you kind of, yeah. Fine. Like if you go in and you know you have some, if you know you have something going on, and then something show up on the. On the screen, you like, I, right. you know, I kind of was expecting something, but right, I get it, that. Yeah, so I, I just be a little nervous, but um, as far as like symptoms and stuff this time, I felt everything that I didn't feel the first time. <laughs> Poor <laughs> everything. thing. Poor thing. <laughs> but um, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. But yeah, I'm a little nervous. All right. So first go around. What was your postpartum experience like? It was okay. Um, I was, well, actually, I started moving around, like, way quicker than most people with C-sections. Mm-hmm. But I kind of know how that is. Like, we're not about to lay up in this bed. We no, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing that I was grateful for, it's kind of bittersweet. JC was in the NICU, so I was really sad to leave her when I had to go home. Yeah. But when I think about it now, I was actually able to fully recover from my C-section without having to lift up, take care of a baby, feed the baby, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that stuff. And so by the time she got home, I was fine. Yeah. You know, but I just can't imagine doing that with a fresh scar. Yeah. And that's that's my fear now. You know, with this one, I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what? If, you know, if I'm able to take the baby home when I go home, how am I lift the baby up if they tell me I can't pick up over five pounds? Like, I want to know. You know, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to deal with that then. So it was, it was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't really have any issues except for not listening to them when they told me don't get in the bed, and I got tired of laying on the couch. What do you mean they told the you don't get in the bed? Like. It was like the first couple of days back from the hospital. They were like, you know, if your bed is kind of high, like oh, don't get in it because mm-hmm. it's too much movement. And I didn't listen, and I was just like screaming at the top of my lungs in the middle, oh. in the middle of the night. And my husband was like, now he was like, okay, I'm gonna just let you know now. If you get that C-section again, you ain't getting it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. It was. He's like, you are not getting in the bed. You gonna sleep right on that couch. <laughs> So you doing a repeat this time? I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I told her I don't know. Okay. She's like, it's okay. I don't know. Like she didn't make me feel pressured to yeah. do anything. You know, like some doctors are very like no V backs, whatever, whatever. And I don't or agree with that V-backs. at all. And, um, I just don't know if I want to do that. You know, I don't know. The recovery for a C section is pretty intense, but. The pain you don't feel is even better. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What? That's going to be, uh, <laughs> I told my husband, that's going to be a last minute, am I choosing peace or violence? You're going to get a contraction and be like, nah, forget all of yeah, this. Yeah, be like, you know what, yeah, um, Tisha, come on, let's do this. I just don't know if I can handle the contractions. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> 
don't know what contractions seem right, like. So, right. You know, when I hear these people horror stories, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm straight on all that. <laughs> okay, it's too many good drugs out here to be up in pain. I'm just saying. Yeah. You either way, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> All right. So what, um, I guess how, how have you done things differently this go around or like, how have you been preparing differently? Um, let's see. Well, this go around was terrible. So, (laughs) um, as far as like symptoms and stuff, yeah, I've been nauseous every single day, every single day. Still, um, yeah, still Dang, haven't thrown man. up though. That's probably, I mean, it's a good thing you don't throw up, but it's almost a bad thing because I just kind of want to throw up and get it over mm-hmm. with. Um, but as far as like preparation, the bag is already packed. Like, oh, dang, like, good job. I am not playing around this time. They're not going to catch me slipping like they did last time. The bag is already packed. And I said, after this, now that I'm starting to go every two weeks, every time I go, the bag going to be in the car. Like, I'm not playing with y'all. Um, as far as like, the biggest preparation now is just like trying to prepare JC for the fact that somebody else is going to be in the house. Right. Mm-hmm. With her being so old, she gets everything. Mm-hmm. Like she I mean, she says she's excited, but then some days she just like, That's my mama baby, that's not my baby. Oh. Like, you know, like, I, you know, I don't know. So it's just, I guess the preparation is more of, like, having to adjust back to that, like, newborn life that we are so far removed Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, you know, I try to, you know, make sure everybody, make sure we all on the same page. Like, hey, I, y'all okay? You know, the baby's coming in this <laughs> amount of time, you know, because it's going to be an adjustment for all of us. Yeah. Like, you know, we get good sleep now. <laughs> You know, <laughs> no more yeah, waking up in the middle of the night. Like, for years. like, yeah, you know, all that waking up in the middle of the night, we don't do all that, mm-hmm. you know? So, and this having a child is like self-sufficient now, pretty mm-hmm. much with most things. Having to go all the way back to somebody that can't do anything for themselves. It's just, it's just going to be hard. Yeah. Hard adjust. I think too, yeah. even having JC being older, um, I think normally what I see is they, even though, like, initially, when you talk to them about it, they like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. But then once the baby here, they like, let me help. This my baby. Like, let me do yeah, this. This is my baby. My baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no, you can't hold the baby. I'm holding mm-hmm. the baby. I mean, she already telling people the baby can't come to their house. So. <laughs> I think it comes to their house. Yeah, like, she's telling my family, like, no, the baby cannot come to your <sighs> house because that is my mama's baby and it stays at our house. Oh, well. And they're like, oh, well, can we visit? And she's like, yeah, you can visit, but you can't take it home. Yeah, that's you. about <laughs> as far as you can go, sweetheart. She knows she yeah. got the right idea. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how it is. I mean, I think she'll do fine. She's going to want to help, though, because when we're around, like, other people's babies, mm-hmm. she wants to help so much. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, as long as I let her help me she'll feel like she's you know not like neglecting right yeah i think she'll be fine she'll be fine all right 
So last thing I want to ask you is, um, do you have any advice you would give people, um, I guess, going into, I guess, like their first pregnancy experience that you kind of wish you had going into it? Yeah, um, I would have maybe two or three things. One, ask as many questions as you can. It doesn't matter if it makes them uncomfortable or not. Mm-hmm. Ask them. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people don't realize, like, just being a healthcare professional, we don't know what you don't ask. Mm-hmm. We don't know what you don't, you know, say that you experience. Like, so it's almost like a closed mouth can't get fed. So if you don't tell me the things that you're going through, I, as a provider, can't help you. Exactly. So just, you know... Um, one other thing I would tell people is stay off of Google, okay? Ooh, girl. Google, can, <laughs> Google can really warp your mind. And, and TikTok, apparently. TikTok, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I didn't have TikTok with Jay-Z. So, you know, TikTok, oh, it is so annoying. Mm-hmm. It is so annoying mm-hmm. with certain things, you know, yep. with certain things. Yeah. And, um... I, I just want people to know that everybody's experience is different. It mm-hmm. does not matter. You can be made up the same exact way, but your pregnancy will be different from the next person, period. Yeah. Like, yeah. whether it's your symptoms, whether it's your doctor, your labor, your postpartum, it, everybody is mm-hmm. different. So get off of TikTok, get off of Google, mm-hmm. and talk to the people that's actually taking care of you. Yep. And, you know, they will, you know, do whatever. If you feel like your doctors are not listening to you, because I've had a couple people that asked me about that. You have the right to switch your doctor. You do not exactly. have to stay with OB because you've been seeing that your mama saw him 30 years ago. Yep. Don't nobody care about that. Girl, okay. If you are not comfortable with your doctor, switch them. And don't don't care about their hurt feelings because whatever. It is what it is. It is. You find somebody that you're comfortable with. And, um... Yeah, that's pretty... That's, that's all the advice I really have. I just feel like, you know... For it to be a positive experience, as positive as it can be, you have to have positive people mm-hmm. around you. And if your if your family's not supportive, leave them alone. If your doctor not supportive, switch your doctor. Mm-hmm. If you got questions, ask and stay off of TikTok and Google. Yeah, and then even <laughs> and too, when you're in labor, I, I be telling people that too. If you don't feel like your nurses or whoever you can you can ask for a different nurse ask for a different nurse especially now with all these young nurses because Mm -hmm. all the older ones have like left the profession and stuff Mm -hmm. you know with the and all that like if they are not being attentive like how you think that they should be or how you've seen other nurses be attentive and they're not like you have every right to ask for a different nurse and you know, I just I, I just wish more people knew about their rights when it mm-hmm. comes to that kind of stuff instead of just sitting around, like, not saying anything. But, like, speak up. You know, speak up and say how you feel. And if people don't listen, we, we got to start doing something different. Yep. Start by changing the people that's listening to you. Like, mm. you know, so... Well, you know how I was the first time uh-huh. they called you. Hey, um, who on the shift to <laughs> Yes. I was the best one. I used to be sending all kind of texts. I called the unit. I said, who the? I need this one and this one. I'm serious. And I told John, I was like, man, she ain't been there in a long time. She can't call them people. Now she probably don't know nobody that work up there. Oh, indeed. But it's all right. I'm going to get them together. Oh, I know people. Oh, I know people. Let me know when you go. Trust me. I still know people.
will definitely <laughs> let you know because they will really try it. And, you know, I hate to say it like that, but that's just how the world is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you hate to, like... I hate to go in a hospital and tell people I'm a nurse. Mm-hmm. But when it's my life, oh, I'm going to let you know. I know everything that y'all talking about and everything that y'all doing, so do not try nothing crazy. Yep. And, um, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, you just got to speak up and um, let people know how you're feeling and don't let people neglect you because it, it does happen. Mm-hmm. And even if it's unintentional, it's still it's still no excuse for it. Great advice, girl. Great advice. Tell everybody that it's real out here. (laughs) It is. Some people birth stories, I just be like amazed at like how far they let those people be neglectful. I'm Mm -hmm. like, when were you going to say anything? Mm -hmm. Like, well, I didn't know. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm going to start telling everybody, you have a right. And you know, (laughs) know? I make it a point. Like, I, I, I get like, I mean, I've only worked in one other department before, but with labor and delivery, I know how, I guess, uh, crucial of a moment it is and how out of control you may feel at times. So it's, I feel like it can right. get very easy to relinquish control. But like I tell people from the moment I get in the room, listen, this is your birth, your baby, your body. If you feel like you need something else done, you need to say something. I'm like, I can advocate for you where I see things are going the way that I don't agree with. But if something ain't going right for you, you got to let me know. You got to let her know. Yep. It is what it is. And then like, I didn't realize how delicate of of an experience that is until I had JC. Like that is, labor and delivery is so like, it can go real good mm-hmm. or it can go real, real bad. And either way, and it go real fast. Bad, real fast, <laughs> yes. Like, it happens real fast. So, it's just, yeah, it's just that experience that could go one way or the other. And you li- sometimes it's totally out of your control. But mm-hmm. that's why I say you have to have positive people around you that can you know, um, be advocates for you if you can't, if you eventually can't advocate for yourself or listen to your concerns because that whole experience, like I said, good or bad, real fast. That's it. Like there's no in between. And, um, you know, it gives, it gives people anxiety. I mean, it does. It's, it's life or death at that moment. Mm -hmm. Literally. So you just need those people in your corner. And if they not, if they not for you and for your concerns, get them out of the room. Period. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> don't care about her feelings. At all. Especially not when it comes to like your life and your yeah, experiences. About you, your life and your baby. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like it, kick them out. Yep. They'll be all right. So, they gonna, yeah, they gonna get over it. Promise. They're gonna get over it. That's, <laughs> that's my advice for all new moms, old moms whatever that's my advice that's my advice for anybody mm-hmm. that has to go into you know a hospital or anything like that but especially labor and delivery like you deserve to be listened to you're the only one that carried that baby yeah so you know better than anybody so you gotta tell people and let them know well thank you my girl i really appreciate it oh thank you <laughs> funny <laughs> All right, y'all. So that was this week's episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Uh, Leave me a review. 
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use. Um, If you want to send me an email, if you have any questions or topics that you want to hear about or insight or anything like that, um, you can email me at phasesofwomb, W-O-M-B, at gmail.com. You make sure you're following me on Instagram so you can catch our womb Wednesdays at at underscore phases of the womb on Instagram. Um, and make sure you check out my new website and that's www.phasesofthewomb.net. Um, it just gives some information about me. It has the links to different podcasting platforms, the link to the pregnancy planner, um, some of the uh, Womb Wednesday episodes, as well as um, an inquiries box where you can send me questions, send me an email, things like that. And yeah, I'm excited about that. So y'all make sure y'all check that out. See y'all next week. Bye.